episode six. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is the Design Perspectives Podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Design Perspectives Podcast, and I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Being an interior designer is more than creating beautiful spaces. It's about articulating a vision and more importantly, being a valuable resource to clients. Join me as I gather insights from fellow architects, people of the trade, interior designers, and most importantly, the clients who value us. For me, doing this podcast is always interesting because you never know how people end up in design. For the majority of the people that I interview, like myself, this is our second career. And for some, it's third. And for others, it's their first career, first and foremost. This individual that we're about to hear, she has had several incarnations. And the best part is she is a world-traveling, jet-setting type of chick. She's a boss chick. And she's super amazing I swear that when she is walking and you see her, there's this golden aura around her where you're just like, oh, I want some of that. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, Pete Lau. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is, Miss Pete Lau. How are you, my love? I'm great, Gail. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes, I'm super excited. So I'm not going to keep you too long because you're always jet setting. If we watch your Instagram, you're always in the air. Um, so <laughs> except tell, for now. <laughs> yeah, except for now. Except for now. I got you for these couple of minutes. So tell me, how did you uh, how did you end up in design? Was this your first career or is this like your second career? What's going on? You tell me. It's kind of an interesting thing. I always say that... Um, Everything I've ever done has kind of led me up to this point and that no experience is ever wasted. I didn't like grow up being a designer. I actually grew up being a classical musician. I was a uh, classical pianist and I used to sing opera. And I always felt like, I, I never felt like a source of that I had talent and it was always very musical. And I could kind of like draw back then when I was a kid, but never really spent much time drawing. I spent most of my time listening to music or singing. So I was a very audio person. And then um, when I was 17, my father passed away and then I decided I was like, I don't think I want to be a performer anymore. So I basically spent the next more or less 10 years of my life running around the world, traveling, trying to figure out who I was as a kid and or as a young adult. And it really was a couple of things that actually led me up to being a year designer. I moved to Thailand on a whim. I was traveling out there, and then I ended up falling in love. I started, so I lived in tropical, I lived on a tropical island in Thailand, so I started a restaurant. That was the first kind of, like, professional thing I suppose I did. Then before that, I was, where I was finding myself, I was, um, I worked in, uh, I was a makeup artist. I was like, oh, I want to be a stylist. I want to be a fashion designer. Like every, I want to be a photographer. Like always, obviously, something creative and really trying to figure out what the heck I really wanted to do. And for a long time, like I never felt like I belonged to anything. Mm-hmm. And so, 
sorry. No, I was like, wow, that's super interesting. Just I'm learning so much about you. And I know you from NYSID, but we were always like kikiing, just never had like a deep conversation like this. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, no, totally. It's like, and it's fascinating. I always, you know, people always say like, how did you get started? I'm like, oh, it's a long story. <laughs> but basically... <laughs> <laughs> I started a restaurant, and then from there, I ended up um, work, opening a restaurant for a hotel, and that was kind of like the first like little like experience where I started kind of using my creativity. And going back to my days, like there was the first moment, or there was a couple of I think like key points that I remember. Um, that kind of shifted my way of thinking that led me up to thinking about becoming a designer or being a designer. And one was, um, one was when I was in high school, I had directed a one act play. And I always remember this feeling of having these imagery in my head and then being able to see it physically like a visual. So that was like my very first experience of being a designer. Then the second thing was designing that restaurant for the hotel and then simultaneously, I was also designing a, a chef clothing line that I was starting with my partner at the time. And we had a clothing line that we were manufacturing in India. I, pro- you know, I went through kind of sketches and like still never just really, you know, thinking about being a designer. But I think that whole process really was teaching me how to come up with. It was really about learning a creative process. I think that was the key thing that I really learned. And then having the results of having the restaurant and then seeing it come to life, that was almost the same association when I was like directing a play. So from there, I ended up, um, from there, I ended up, um, sorry to hear that, sorry about that. Um, but from, from that experience, I ended up having a client and slash my friend's dad who ended up buying a villa on the island that I was living on. And there were lots of like luxury villas. And so he came to the restaurant, he saw my space, and he was like, oh, well, can you help me? And I said, of course, you know. And I started, you know, basically going to the markets up in Bangkok and shopping and, and, and sourcing stuff and started putting things together and decorating this house, this villa. And I was like, wow, I'm kind of really good at this. <laughs> and it wasn't really until, like, my second um, client, who was the financial advisor of my of the previous client, and he was like, I want a red Chinese bordello. And he was a very interesting, eclectic um, uh, character and, mm-hmm. and he really became my first client and that's when I was like wow I could actually make a living out of this like and for the first time in my life I felt I was important I felt like I was belonging to something I felt like this was my calling the same kind of calling that I had when I was singing you know it was the same kind of feeling that I had and I said okay well from there he became my mentor and we ended up, I was 25 years old, and he was like, oh, well, I built a 9,000 square foot house in Mauritius. And I was like, what? Okay, of course I'm going to help. Of course I want to do this. Right. I didn't even have a clue as to what um, where Mauritius was, first of all, which is a little island next to Madagascar in the Indian Ocean between India and South Africa. Nice. So it was, it was I, I learned by doing. I really, you know, that was the first thing. And then... The second thing was I ended up going to Frank Lloyd Wright's house in um, Taliesin West, and I was in his architecture school. And he, I just, for the first time, I felt like, wow, being a designer, you really are able to almost kind of like, not play God, but you have the ability to fully um, 
transform the way that people think and the way that people live. And so that was really the hook. And so from there, after designing all these different homes all over around the world, for my one client that I had, we were building places in Dubai, we had places in Mauritius, we had places in Bangkok. And for two years, I was a private decorator. And then after that, I was like, okay, I really want to get serious. And that's when I ended up moving to New York and going to design school. And that's where I met you, Gail. Yes. And that's where we met. Uh, We met a lot of interesting people there. That is such a cool story that you actually had hands-on experience before you went to school and was like, yeah, this is it. So, okay, we met at design school and you were at NYSED. What happened after NYSED, after graduation? Where did you go from there? So after NYSED, I was really fortunate enough to intern for Coleman and Kravis when I was like my last semester in school, I think it was this summer. And that was really important and crucial. Um, and from there, I basically ended up um, working for a bunch of other designers and studios. So I worked for Jeff Lincoln, I worked for Ford Hunterford, and I worked for iCrave, and then I worked for another like uh, a decorator that's not as well known, but um, part of that's her assistant. And it really, it was it was just a nice enough amount of time because I only would work about three or four months because I very much specifically knew when I went into school, like I already had kind of a, a like, I understood what the process was like. So going back to New York and, uh, or, and going back to school was really kind of like learning the tools and the trade. And then working in the, the actual industry was learning the actual, like the, the actual business side of it. So I worked for iCrave also, which is a, 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 res, a hospitality company. Mm-hmm. And we were working on, um, you know, like nightclubs and, and hotels. And so that I realized like where I wanted to fit in. And I think where I wanted to fit in was, you know, obviously like just building my own clients. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and it really was like little, really word of mouth. So I started my own practice, um, pretty much like after when I, I actually just, I was like, you know what, I can't really work for anybody else. And I started working my own practice and that really, was just kind of my first my first clients was like through like a, a friend but then I kind of got more clients and I ended when home polish started um first started like the first it was like their first six months I was like one of their first 50 designers so that was a really great resource for me to get new clients and get um get to start actually doing my own work and not working for other people um and that's really where it started so I only did that for about six months and then kind of you know and and, um, yeah, so it, it's like, I always feel like it's different phases of my other career. And mm-hmm. I always feel like my career is just starting, even though I've been doing this for 14 years now. No, same here, because we, we both start out at the same time. What is the most valuable lesson that you have learned in dealing with clients? Um, in other words, what did you think design was and what did you learn or what do you know it is for sure? at this moment in your life? What did you think it was in the beginning? What I thought of um, in the beginning, I, you know, it's kind of interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Like, I never like, oh, design is like this. It just, it just kind of like came to me. You know, I really felt like it was, I was really, I got, it came to me and I took it and grabbed it and just ran for it. (laughs) (laughs) And how it is, you know, like, and how it is now, 
I think it's still kind of the same thing. Like I still really try to focus my energy on having the right type of clients to find me. And, you know, and sometimes that can be nerve wracking as we're saying, like you're always waiting for the next client. Um, <laughs> but I think every designer, no matter like what part of your career is always feeling like that. Um, you're always waiting for your next big project. That's um, true. That's true. So, you know, I think that's just across the board. Everyone's, you know, it's, it's just like, where can I, where, who is the next, you know, project or, um, relationship that I'm going to develop to really create something super special. I think that's always kind of the intention. Um, I think the way that I see design now is very much like the word that pops in my mind is process, like number one process. I think now I'm so much more at the beginning when I'm talking to a new client, um, I really want to stress how important the word process is because you know, sometimes there's good projects that turn out great, and sometimes there's um, projects that maybe don't turn out great, and then there's projects, you know, and I think across the board, the one word that really comes to me is process. It is such a process. <laughs> this is true. It not is. only, you know, not only creatively, but it's like, it all has to be a really good team, like, depending, like, whether it's like, the client's vision, the client's open-mindedness, the client's budget, your investment into the project, the architecture, the the actual space in itself, you know, how how far you're willing to go. And I really think that throughout the, like, the end result is a space. And, but the word process is so key to me. I think that's something I've really been focusing on is, like, how it's like really trying to explain what that process is. Um, and that, pro and I, and I leave it open. I think the word process is so important to me because it's like a relationship. You don't really know how it's going to pan out at the end. Like you can, you can visualize it, but mm -hmm. it has to be the perfect kind of, you know, given pool that really creates something unique and special at the end. And I think there's always that element of surprise um, that makes that project really unique. And I think the most important thing that I want to take away from is the feeling that my clients get when we're done. That mm -hmm. is now what I look for. So I really want to feel, I want to express that, that you know, it's a process. And then but the end result is going to be that you guys feel so good, we all collectively are going to feel so good about how you're living and how I'm going to walk away with this, you know, which is like to be able to create something incredible for you guys. You know, it's like, I'm almost like a lifestylist. I'm creating a lifestyle for you, how you should live, how, be how to live beautifully, but that's your story. And I always say like being a designer, I feel like I'm making a film. I'm a director and I'm a producer. I have to be creative and I also have to produce the um, the, the magic, you know, within your face. And it's so personal when you're doing residential design. Or if you're doing a commercial design, it's very much about fantasy. True. How do I want to evoke, how do I want to evoke the way that people feel within that space? So that's been a really important um, aspect of my process and kind of like what I think about. No problem. That sounds wonderful. Now, I have to congratulate you on your dollhouse on House Beautiful. Like that was so 
insane. And I too am a huge fan of the Veil London and have used their wallpaper in my project, uh, my show house. What you did with that dollhouse. Oh my. Tell me all about it. How did you get started? How, how were you chosen or how did that come about? So it's actually interesting. That was probably, funny enough, the most challenging project that I had to do, <laughs> which was a dollhouse. <laughs> um, I literally was stressing for months because, and it was supposed to be originally like November. And I literally kept pushing it until the very, very last day, which was the end of January to actually go and film it. And I was so busy. I was trying to put it off. It was like very exciting at the same time. I was like, wow, I could do anything. It's like a show house, right? You know, right. like when you did a show house too, or when you, a designer designs their own home, right. like there's this kind of like, like the cobbler's too. like you could design anything you want. Like there's so much possibility, but then you're like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do because yeah. there's like so much like freedom, you know? <laughs> um, so I started, I, and I just kind of came up with the concept um, when I was actually in Paris for Art Deco, or for De- Deco Off and Maison Objet in, in January, and I was with my girlfriends, um, who are also designers, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to do a, a little pita chair because I would love to have a Paris pita chair. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, where is the best place to buy weird crazy amazing dollhouse stuff and I was like Paris when in doubt so I went to the I googled the best dollhouse store and ended up like going dollhouse shopping and that's kind of how I started designing and then from there um I didn't actually meet Melinda and um my friend Ariella who designed who decorated dollhouses growing up she was like I love doing dollhouses I'll help you and I believe Ariel Zucker was actually was on your podcast um, yes 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 she's a friend of mine too and um yeah, Melinda's amazing. I was blown yeah. away by the <clears throat> excuse me, the paper that you chose. But I was like, oh my God, every room in that house I wanted to live in. Not not even Oh my God. <laughs> Thank was... you so much. Because I was I didn't even know, first of all, like what so long story short, they had met at a dinner at the Lux dinner. And I wasn't there at that dinner, I was at another dinner. But they mm-hmm. met and then she was like, Oh, I'm doing a dollhouse, and then she's like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I would love to give you some wallpaper, and so that's basically how it happened. And then she was so sweet, and she she literally um, created the and scaled down the wallpaper for us. And I was like, "This is so perfect! It's so Hotel Coast, which is one of my favorite hotels in Paris, and it just had this awesome." Um, I looked through the whole collection. I was like, "This is amazing! I love it! It's so different and so unique." And um, it just felt very like a Rita freak, and I and that's basically how we got started. So she ended up sending us the paper and we were so excited about it and then we ended up going so yeah we ended up buying stuff from Paris and then that, they met in Paris um and then so it's we, a Parisian um, home it, it, essentially it's a Parisian home that you you uh design it okay so can I just say that kind of, it's like a country country bougie Peter chair slash like party house yeah it's, what, it was amazing <laughs> I, I was struck by the sofa, by the fabric of the sofa. I was like, oh my God, I want that sofa for myself. Just Right? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where did she find this? Everything was just so amazing. I was, yeah, anyway, but this is about you. Thank you. Thank you so much because I literally was like, I mean, it was so fun kind of going through this process of designing a doll because everything is miniature. I was really nervous. I've never, I never, I didn't, I wasn't one of those kids that like 
did a dollhouse growing up. You know, like mm-hmm. my neighbor, my you know friends had a Barbie dollhouse that I would go over and play. But I never like I was never I didn't have like I didn't make dollhouses or anything like that. So I was nervous about the scale. I didn't know how deep everything was. I just overbought. I thought, but in fact, I actually didn't overbuy. It was actually no, it was like, perfect. Just the right amount. Yeah, it was super perfect. Uh, what was the hardest part about doing that dollhouse? Was it the wallpaper? Yes, that took me like I was basically at the Hertz um, studio for twelve hours. It took me twelve hours to install. Oh like, my god! Because I was so tired by the end, my fingers were all. Thank God I didn't cut my fingers, but they were glue everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it was like. Oh, um, it took me a le- it took me like a good six hours. I don't know why, but it just took me forever to wallpaper because the one thing I was most nervous about was just like doing the actual like installation work myself. I'm not super handy. I don't have right. the like like I was like saying like you know I I can draw, but I'm not like a moving like drawer. Like right. I my what I see in my head and my capabilities and my man, hand movements are not doesn't match up and it's always very like <laughs> same okay. here. Same so, here. No judgment. Get, right? No judgment. <laughs> exactly. Those school days when we get so frustrated. Oh my God. Um so that was the hardest thing. And I think that it was just like installing that took probably a good portion of the day. And then once I staged every, like once I kind of put everything in, it was, it wasn't, that didn't take too long, but it was literally installing the wallpaper, painting the floors, like doing the thing. And I even had like electrical lighting that I was like, so I was so ambitious that I was like, I'm going to try to wire. Oh my God. Thank God. I did not try to do that. Cause I could barely, I, you know, like, Poor Brad, who was the videographer, like he literally stayed there. Like his poor kids probably wanted to hang out with him. We were at the Hearst building until 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, it was cute how they filmed in the beginning where you dropped the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I broke my hair. And I was like, that's so pate. <laughs> that was so hilarious. I love the way that they did it. It was so much sense of humor. And I was like cracking myself up. I'm like, this is hilarious. I was like, this is um, essentially was- her. This is uh-huh. this is how amazing she is. So people actually get to see how incredibly fun and hilarious this woman is. Thank you. The, it was like, my personality was so funny. It was, I, I literally was like, okay, they really did a good job capturing me. <laughs> yeah, they really did. They really did. Because I was like, that's Pate. Yep, that's her. That's my girl. This is who so I met funny. in school. Um, so, so you have... Moved from New York and you are now in LA. How are you enjoying LA? I absolutely love living in Los Angeles. It's so, you know, I was saying like it's it was a, it was really probably one of the toughest things that I had to do emotionally because I felt like oh, I'm doing the right thing. You know, I was you know I love New York. Was I really ready? I wasn't really ready to leave New York, mm-hmm. but I felt like. I feel, I felt like, and I feel like now that Los Angeles is this, um, it's the place to be. I feel, I felt excited to be here. There's a lot of interesting, um, you know, it's not just the entertainment industry anymore. There is so much art going on. There's incredible um, designers and artists and craftsmen and furniture makers and lighting designers here. And the antiques and vintage is so good. And uh, the lifestyle also is amazing and I have really close friends and I have family here and the projects that I was doing like more of my clients and projects were like much more high profile um 
And I just felt like this was, and the architecture and the square footage of space, like I felt like this was a really good opportunity for me to kind of come out West. And, um, well, I was spending like basically 50, 50. And I just decided, I was like, I'm going to switch and make my LA my main residence and come out here. So it was really scary because, you know, I didn't want to leave New York and people out of sight, out of mind. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm definitely going to continue my bi-coastal life, but just um, just be LA-based and have a better lifestyle. Right, right. No, <laughs> and, like, I completely get sun. it. I'm super... And, yeah, um, so I'm loving it. I think that um, it takes a minute to really kind of get settled. And, you know, I've, I've moved twice since I've been here, and now I'm finally in my permanent location, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm right by the design quarter. I'm in West Hollywood. I'm, um, it's just like kind of, I've only been here for two months in my new place. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, I think it takes a minute and building my clientele in Los Angeles and trying to think of creative ways to, um, get the word out that I'm here in Los Angeles and, you know, doing a lot of work. Most of my work that's actually been published is actually in LA. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, but, Yeah. Yeah. The clients that I've seen that you had, I was like, that they're they're on the West Coast. Those are great. <laughs> Those are great projects to have. Yeah, exactly. But I'm getting some really great clients in New York too. So I think it's like you know, I think as a designer, like I think it's all. I mean, my career is always like started like that. I go where the work is. You know, where wherever. Like I've done projects in London. I've done projects in um, you know, like in in like Mauritius, like I was saying, like mm-hmm. basically like where, where the project, I would love to do, actually I do have an upcoming project coming up in Mexico. So I would nice. really, my next, my next thing, like my next kind of like 10 year trajectory, I'm really wanting to focus on is like spending more time in Mexico. And I think having, being in Los Angeles, like that LA, LA, New York, Mexico is kind of like where I really want to um, vibe. And I feel like Mexico is like, it's just like so amazing. Um, I'm really excited about kind of doing more work out there. Cool. I'm super excited for you. I'm excited for all that's uh, happening. You're an amazing person. You have great energy, great juju. Like you're just a good person all the way around. Uh, so thank you. You're welcome, my love. So tell the people where they can find you. How can we locate you and follow you? You can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Lau underscore Ristofrit. So that's spelled P-E-T-I-L-A-U underscore A-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R-A-K. And Ristofrit is my trademark style. That's me. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And, um, and then my website is com, And that's com. Um, and actually, do you want to hear a funny joke about my name? Yes. Wait, tell me, please. People always, people always like, how do you pronounce her name? <laughs> so my dad named me actually petite when I was born and I was premature when I was born and I'm still quite petite. Um, but I think when I was, I, my kindergarten teacher started calling me Pate, and then I kind of like, I think I kind of like changed my name to Pate. So there's the joke that I always tell people is, there was a kid named Richard Cho. It was a really true story. There's a kid named Richard Cho in the seventh grade, and kids would come up to me every school year, and they're like, hey, if you raise this kid named Richard Cho, your name would be Pate Cho. 
I would have nicknames like Tater Tot, which I exercise with in Gary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you are particular. Yes, you are. Yes. So I, I just want to say the thank best you. thing. Go ahead. Of course, the best things come in the smallest packages. This like is true. Little diamond ring. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Good one. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on today and speaking with us. And I look so forward to seeing what's next for you. Um, and thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day and stay safe out there in quarantine. I know, right? You too, my love. Stay tuned. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to chat with you. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gail Davis Design. Have a great day.